Season 2 of the Sober Curious podcast is supported by Groovy, an exciting new range of non-alcoholic drinks out of Denver, Colorado. Something I hear all the time is how challenging it can be to socialize without alcohol when you get sober curious. And my go-to in these situations has always been a nice, crisp, non-alcoholic beer. Since Groovy brew their beers with health-enhancing aromatic terpenes, you lose none of the taste with their products, and there's the added bonus of all their drinks being 60 calories or less. Groovy can be found at getgroovy.com, that's get G-R-U-V-I.com, or in specialty markets throughout Colorado. And they're offering you guys 20% off any order online with the code Ruby20. Time to get groovy, folks. Hello and welcome to season two, episode two of the Sober Curious podcast with me, Ruby Warrington. I'm so excited to share today's conversation with you. My guest is Radha Agwaral. And for anybody not familiar with this powerhouse of a woman, she has been absolutely pioneering when it comes to the subject of sober socializing. Radha is the founder of the Daybreaker morning dance parties, which were really way ahead of the curve in terms of this sober curious movement, in terms of offering people a way to socialize and not only socialize, but to let loose on the dance floor and go wild, completely substance free. Not only has Radha been a pioneer in this space, she also models this idea of creating community in her everyday life. Um, I've been part of her kind of circles on the periphery for a few years now, and I've just noticed she has an incredible skill of rallying people and kind of like building community around her in a really um, family-oriented, very matriarchal way. This is something we talk about in this episode in depth, um, which is themed around creating or building sober communities. For many of us, I think, you know, the the... The idea is that the alcohol is the glue that can hold our social lives together. And in many cases, that's true. But when we remove the alcohol, the social life crumbles along with it. And we're left with cultivating a new social circle and a new community almost. The good news is that once you step into alignment with who you really are, remove that substance that's preventing you from kind of fully expressing that self and being comfortable with that self in the world, you'll naturally gravitate towards and draw in connections that are aligned with that, the the being that was there underneath the booze all along. But in the interim period, it can be um, destabilizing and it can feel a little lonely while you're waiting for those connections to happen. Rada talks about how at various points in her life, she got really super proactive with this process of assessing her community, of assessing her social group, and noticing where things were out of alignment, and very proactively, like I said, calling in and cultivating a social life and a community and a support system that surrounds her. Both when in her 20s, she was addressing her own drinking and the role that that had played in her life, but also when she became a mom around the age of 40 and realized that she was way out of her depth, knew nothing about what she was doing, and again, used the same sort of like um, mindset to consciously create a group of supportive women around her to help her in her nascent motherhood. Um, So we also talk about what it means to party sober. There is a previous episode of this podcast called How to Party Sober, Um, And the main conclusion I come to in that episode, it was just a solo cast, if you can call it that, just me talking on the subject. 
um, was that you basically have to be in the mood. If you're going to be partying sober, you, you can't just like show up and fake it anymore. <laughs> so you need to be in the mood is kind of what I said. What I neglected to say on that podcast, and which is an equally important point, is that most of what we know as parties and most kind of like social situations are not designed for non-drinkers. For so long has drinking been the default in our social lives that many drinking situations, whether it's the venues we're going to, whether it's the timing of the events, whether it's the style of the events, whether it's the activities or lack thereof on offer, many of them are designed for drinkers. So when thinking about creating sober social situations, we need to think differently about what's actually on offer. And Rada talks about how she has done that with the Daybreaker parties. Um, Plenty of advice in there for anybody wanting to um, create great sober get-togethers where there's more to bring people together um, than alcohol and that will actually bring people together in more meaningful, impactful and sustainable ways. So lots to get into in this episode. I really hope you enjoy it. I was so happy to sit down with Radha. I've been an admirer of hers for a long time. And this is the first time we kind of sat down together and, and got into a deep heart to heart. She has so much to teach us. Like I said, enjoy the episode. Um, more from me at the end. And for now, this is Radha. Radha. So happy to be sat here with you at it's last. great to be here, yeah. <laughs> I feel like our paths have crossed kind of like multiple times and there's always just been this like look in the eyes like a, hey, you, <laughs> you do really cool things. And we've never actually sat down to talk about that. Well, so. I love your book and Thank I love um, the sort of the conversation that you're starting in this space. It's awesome. Well, you are, you've been such a pioneer in this space. I feel like Daybreaker and this sober party idea that you were you know instrumental in kind of like seeding was such a forerunner of this whole movement actually you were very much one of the first people that I saw out there in a very public way doing something that was overtly alcohol free in the social space you know I mean, yeah, I think five years ago, it was definitely, you're doing what? <laughs> so it's it's wonderful to see that, um, yeah, all of sort of um, the work and, and the effort has, has gone to really unlock this exciting kind of moment we're in right now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it is like this, this movement is just growing, you know, and you were really like a forerunner in it, like I said. So I have to make it, I have to confess something first off. I've still never been to Daybreaker, right? Oh my God. Why not? <laughs> Ruby. Oh my geez. God. Okay. Well, why not? Because it starts really early in the morning and I'm quite an introvert and I'm the kind of person who needs like, I need like three hours by myself before I can even get out of the house. I never book a meeting before like 11 a.m. because I'm like, I need to be fully kind of like, it's almost like I need to, I need that much time in the mornings just to like, not get myself together, but to like settle in and just kind of be ready to face the world. So that is my answer as to why not. But it's also kind of lame because I've, I, yeah. I want to experience it. You know? Well, I mean, if anything, it's a, it's a wonderful personal challenge to, you know, wake up when, you know, kind of it's dark outside still and put some glitter on your face and, and, you know, get lost on the dance floor. And I think, you know, if I would say 30% of people come to Daybreaker come alone mm. and, um, you know, initially quite 
quite shy, but then they realize, wait a minute, nobody gives a shit here. <laughs> you know, mm. everybody here is just like doing, no one like cares if you talk to them or don't talk to them or they're warm and welcoming. It's exactly how you want to be. You're just here. You know, people go to the dance floor for so many reasons. Like you go, I'm mean, particularly a sober dance floor, you know, where the energy is so clean and clear. It really helps you unpack so many things. Mm-hmm. So dance is like the most healing form of therapy there is, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you dance, you, you're moving out all the sticky stuff from your childhood. You're you're really um, moving through so much. And so I always say, like, you know, meet us on the dance floor to scream and cry and release pain, release stuff. Come to the dance floor to fall in love. Come to the dance floor to make a new friend. Come to the dance floor to fall in love with yourself. Come to the dance floor to get lost in the music right come in the answer to self-express um so you know for us we just want to provide a space for people um to first of all um kind of uh find themselves find each other return to themselves when so mm. many dance floors are are ones where you're escaping yourself right mm. so this is a, a really important um kind of dharma of ours is, is give people a space to return to themselves yeah well it's interesting i think that my response like this is why I don't go it just is that was a real kind of indication of how much kind of prejudice or not prejudice but like how how my ideas of what it means to party or to like be social are so have been so shaped exactly. by my drinking days and my experiences as a drinker of what partying meant and being in those environments where there was a lot of alcohol and where it was super hedonistic in that way I, I almost needed the alcohol to kind of like <laughs> totally. numb me to that kind totally. of like the, the energy or whatever. And what you're describing is actually something that's completely beyond our experience of what that's socializing right. is that's or right. what partying even is. It's like a completely different reimagination experience. of it. Exactly, exactly. And I, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm so with you. You know, I, I um, in my 20s, I was sleepwalking through life. I mm. was, you know, in, in sports bars, like, you know, watching sports and hanging out and drinking beer and neither of the things I really enjoy watching and rather play sports right and um and and I, yeah i think we're, we're you know we live in this very hypnotized state of this is the way the world is um either i like it or i don't um it's very black and white like i'm gonna go to this thing that's a party or i'm not and you know mm. this is my challenge for everyone listening is you know we can reshape and recreate whatever it is we want the world is created by people no smarter than you or me mm-hmm. right so if you know for me it was like wait a minute this is the current kind of structure of parties it's night it's mean bouncers at the door looking up and down it's alcohol driven it's drug you know drug riddled it's empty dance floor spilt drinks all over you mm-hmm. but can we shift all of that can we replace the mean bouncer with a welcome committee mm-hmm. right can we replace the alcohol with with green juice coffee and tea can we replace the just the dj pushing buttons with really awesome performative elements we have like horn sections and break dancers and fire spinners and aerialists and all these things that if you're a, a kind of an introverted person at least you can enjoy the performances. Mm. At least you can sort of kind of recognize that I can't believe I'm in the morning. I'm here in the morning with all these sober people. The energy is so clean. It feels so good. Um, there's some people dancing. I can't believe it. People are so joyful. And when they bump into each other and get upset, they're, they're just like, oh, my gosh, actually, they're sorry. Or they become it's a great way to connect with somebody and say hello. And um, it's it's you know, it's been so neat to kind of see a 
see that, you know, in a city like New York City and now in 26 cities around the world, um, that you can totally reshape the city, reshape what it means to quote unquote party. And I always say Daybreaker is not a party. Daybreaker is your monthly check-in. It's you come to the dance floor to check in with yourself. How am I showing up in the world? How Mm. am I showing up with myself? How Mm. am I, what am I, what do I need to let go of? You know, what am I holding on to? Um, the dance floor is truly a group therapy. It's, it's, it's healing space to, to let go. Okay. Now you're speaking my language. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also just making me realize how entrenched we can get in our routines, mm-hmm. right? And how what feel like supportive routines can actually just as quickly become kind of restrictive, exactly. or limiting um, ways of moving through the world. I said to you, I need this much time in the morning. Like, who says? Right. Like, would, what would it be like to shock my nervous exactly. system with waking up a different way, with entering to my day a different way? Like, what possibilities might I open up for myself by doing something different? Exactly. That's exactly right. And, um, you know, they always say after that shocking your system or changing your routine or disrupting your pattern is actually incredibly good for both your health and happiness. Yeah. Um, And I think anyone who's got sober curious and is finding themselves confronting very different edges and new parts of themselves as a result will be able to relate to that, you know? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I mean, I'm one of those people. And, you know, I I think, again, we live in a very codependent world where alcohol and drugs is codependent with having fun. Mm. And, you know, with Daybreaker, our goal has been from the very beginning, can we break that codependence? So can can we have fun? dance, quote-unquote, party without drugs and alcohol. And that social experiment was really what what launched Daybreaker. I mean, particularly the morning felt like a really safe time because people Mm. are usually sleeping or Mm -hmm. at the gym. Um, You you know, only a few people kind of trickle in from the late-night clubs. So it was kind of a really safe time to to even try something as crazy as this. And and also, you know, as I did a lot more research around this, as I wrote wrote a book um, all about kind of how to create your dream community, how Mm. to create these types of events, and experiences mm. for those who have the courage and generosity of spirit to, to, to do that. Mm. Um, but, in, you know, I, I talk a lot about um, just sort of the intention um, that goes into an event is, is whatever you want it to be, right? So it's like, um, it, it's, it's, um, it's like, it's a really sort of exciting space as you're realizing the morning is not typically a time that you socialize. Yeah. Not typically a time you do it at the gym with headphones and you know, little yeah. earbuds in your ear, you're sleeping in your bed. So like, you know, the fact that people don't socialize in the morning when we are happiest in the morning, we are most optimistic in the morning, we're the most we energetic, the most dopamine, we're the most, right? we have the most dopamine, there's the sun, there's the most serotonin, mm-hmm. you know, naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of the things are pointing to that. And I talk about dose in my book, your dopamine, your oxytocin, your serotonin, and your endorphins. And the fact that th- those quartet of happy brain chemicals, which you can naturally release from your brain, spells the word dose, which, you know, kind of obviously think of alcohol and drugs. <laughs> You're dosing yourself, yeah, right? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And, and, um, so I'm really, you know, I was really excited about that discovery of just like, wait a minute, we can dose on ourselves. And then we can also design experiences where you can help people release their dose. So Daybreaker, our events, we don't just throw events and have a DJ and whatever. We really design our events so that you walk in and you walk out having released all four of your happy brain chemicals. And that's part of the design. So my face was lighting up because I'm quite obsessed with a dose. I didn't realize that was the acronym for those, those happy chemicals. Well, I mean, I, really I, like, coined, I coined it. I love it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. It's yeah. so great. Isn't that crazy? Because I really, I think a lot about like, well, how can I 
So there was all these things, like, the, all the, the quote-unquote good things I was getting from drinking and whatever were these things. Obviously, I wanted more of those happy chemicals, right? How can I create that for myself but without the substance that has all of the negative side effects and all the addictive properties? Like, how can I... How, what are the healthy ways I can do that? Right. So what are some of the yeah, healthy totally, ways you yeah. can do that? <laughs> so, so I can share... I mean, so with... You know, I can share kind of through the lens of Daybreaker, but then, you know, in everyday life. Mm. But the dopamine you get from... It's a pleasure-reward receptor, right? So it's like, I got something done. I accomplished something off my list. So, you know, for Daybreaker, waking up when the sun is still yeah. kind of not up <laughs> um, is like this really dopamine rush. It's like, oh my God, I'm waking up this wild time. And I'm, I'm doing, doing it, it. I'm doing it. I'm dressing up in costume, putting glitter. You know, this is crazy. I'm going to hang out with, you know, 600 people I don't know, but maybe they're going to be my best friends. Who knows? It's going to be amazing and weird and cool and um, adventurous. Um, so that dopamine rush. But you also get dopamine from listening to music. So, mm-hmm. you know, actually people um, who listen to music are happier people or more optimistic people. So just having music in your home, having music in your workspace, having music um, just in, in kind of social settings or just in individual settings are, are so important so that you get the dopamine the oxytocin, um, you get a daybreaker from, you know, our welcome committee. We, we, we said it's a hugging committee. Mm. So every single person they walk in gets a hug. And I've, I've, I, you know, I've, I've probably given over 10,000 hugs. Now I'm often the hugger at the <laughs> door and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, but the, I, it's amazing. The hundreds and hundreds of messages I've gotten after daybreaker of people thanking me, crying on my shoulder after daybreaker, lining up to talk to me and and just sharing with me how much my hug meant to them and how they hadn't been hugged in weeks or they hadn't been touched in such a long time or they had been dealing with a breakup or all kinds of crazy things. And we don't realize how physically starved we are. Oh and the oxytocin, gosh, yeah. here's a wild yeah. stat for you. You know, Americans are the most physically starved for affection. We touch each other upwards of once in a conversation. Um, compared to Puerto Ricans, you touch each other upwards of 130 times in a conversation. Wow. Um, but guess what we replace our physical touch with is pornography. Americans are the number one viewer of pornography. So, you know, it's a really interesting kind of um, data to point to look at. Yeah. It's like, a, you know, oxytocin. We, it is, you know, humans, little babies. I have a seven-month-old now, and babies and humans cannot survive or thrive without touch. Mm. And yet with our litigious society, with all the mm. things, we're, we, we are so physically starved. So mm. for everyone out there, you know, really you know, hug your friends, mm. like hug your colleagues. Don't be afraid. Just say, Hey, you know, consensually can say, Hey, I'd love to give you a hug right now. It sounds like you feel like you need it or Hey, I'd love, I need a hug too, or hug hello. And just make that part of your everyday life because yeah. that oxytocin rush is incredibly healing and it gives you that happy brain chemical release. Right, it's super yeah. critical. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the dance floor daybreaker. Also the contact hive being kind of shoulder to shoulder with 500 other people. That's an oxytocin release. That's why mm. they call it a concert contact high. Mm. Because like it's not even from drinking. You think that you're you're drunk on your the beer that you're drinking, but really the contact high of a thousand people at a concert is so so nourishing mm. um, and helps you release that oxytocin as mm, well. Mm. The serotonin you get from. Um, from many reasons. Serotonin is from sunlight. So being outside morning is so critical. People who are morning people are notoriously happier. I say notoriously, but because it is, um, we have become more and more night people because of invention of the light bulb and, and sort of, um, the way the nine to five kind of created work schedule works. Um, you know, we have become more and more night owls when, you know, our circadian rhythm, humans were animals. We are, we thrive on the sun. 
Um, and yet, you know, society has pushed us away from from kind of um, matching our days with the sun. So serotonin needs sunlight. Serotonin is great with gut health. So what you feed yourself. So at Daybreaker, we serve healthy food and beverages. Serotonin you get from also feeling a sense of worth, sense mm-hmm. of gratitude, mm-hmm. sense of this is bigger than me. So like we live in such a me, me, me kind of Instagram, look at me world that we are isolated and alone in our look at me kind of um, mentality. And the more we are about us, humans are happiest in service of others. So the serotonin you get from feeling a sense of I am part of this bigger collective. Yeah, right. from a sense of purpose. Exactly, yep. And then the E, the endorphins in your dose you get from working out. It's the runner's high. It's the sweat that you get from dancing around and letting your body express the way it's meant to express without judgment of self and judgment of others around you. So cool. Yeah. I so, love it. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you Welcome. for like laying that all out. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure people are getting tons of ideas. And I really want to speak to you about the community building aspect sure. of Daybreaker. Yeah. And, but, you know, just it's such an important part of your work. It's such an important piece of this whole kind of, we can't, we can't do this alone and there's mm-hmm. no reason to do this alone. And I know that deciding you want to get sober curious or quit drinking altogether, whatever it is, can be a very lonesome part. Totally. And community is such a huge, important piece in that. But before we get to that, I kind of want to hear a bit more about your own journey with alcohol. Like, I'm always just really curious to hear where people are at. I think there are so many different paths to sobriety, sober curiosity, whatever you want to call it. Um, and everybody's different. And I would just love to hear a bit about your own kind of journey. journey yeah, 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 sure. So, you know, I mean, when I turned 30, this is, you know, I, I wrote all about this actually in, in my book. But mm-hmm. um, and the book's called Belong, Belong, right? yeah, Belong, like Find Your People, Create Community, and Live a More Connected Life. Amazing. And it really put actually all of our trade secrets, everything we learned over the last <laughs> five years at Daybreaker, how we, all tips and tricks on how to build your dream community in this book. Because I do get asked all the time, mm. how do we build a movement? Mm. How to build community? Mm. And like a 30-minute or one-hour conversation coffee was just never enough time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I have so much more to say. I have so much more to share. There's so much more to talk about, but not enough time. So I spent two years putting this all in a book. But um, but, but um, to sort of share my journey, yeah, when I turned 30, I, I realized, looking at myself in the mirror, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't belong. Um, I had sort of sleep, sort of sleepwalked my way through my 20s, thinking that I had to act a certain way. And be a certain way, and drink, you know, be a certain way um, to be liked. Mm-hmm. And um, are you from New York originally? No, I'm Canadian. Okay. From Montreal, born okay. and raised. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother's Japanese. My father's from India. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, immigrant um, kid wanting to sort of fit in. You know, certainly as um, kind of you know, all of my life was just like, where do I belong? I'm Indian, I'm Japanese, I'm Canadian, I'm American, like, who am I? And you're a ah, twin. You're I'm a twin, twin also, you know, so all which the means things. you have an automatic kind of best friend, but right. also Right, different. exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, we all go through this. There's like actually like eight or ten moments in our lives where we don't feel like we belong. So the moment that we graduate high school and go to college, right, if we have the, you know, the the opportunity to go mm-hmm. to college, the moment we get married, we start a job, we move to a new apartment, we move to a new city, we get divorced, we retire. There's so many points in life where we are like, oh my gosh, I'm starting all over. I don't belong. Mm-hmm. Where are my people at? And we're doing a re-audit of our community and people mm-hmm. that are, you know, in our, in our tribe. And 
And for me, that was that moment. I was just like, wait a minute, am I numbing myself through, you know, drugs and alcohol? Am I, you know, who am I? Who is this person? So I was looking at myself was there in the mirror. That led to that. Was you know, it was just turning or? thirty for right, me. It was like okay. looking at myself in the mirror and being like, "Okay, like my twenties are up. I'm thirty years old." Like, and it wasn't like a low point. It wasn't that I hit bottom or anything like that. It was just a recognition, a realization as I looked myself in the mirror that I, my light was dim. That my, you know, my eyes weren't as shiny as they were. You know, as I remember they could be. You know, mm-hmm. and and I just was like, "There's something here," and. Thank God I had my, you know, I I fortunately had my twin sister to be able to say like, hey, like what's going on? Like what's where, you know, where's this coming from? Mm -hmm. And and why are we, why are we these versions of ourselves, you know? And, and that was a moment where I really started doing these kind of these exercises for myself. So here's one for everyone out there. And I I have dozens of them, like I said, you know, outlined Mm -hmm. as well. But, um, you know, here's a really special one that I think really changed my life was just writing a three column list down. So column one is like all the qualities I'm looking for in a friend, you know, like think about like we do that type of audit for romantic love. We Mm -hmm. do type of audit for our professional careers. But rarely do we just kind of audit for our friendships. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. something as simple as our friendship. Like, what qualities am I looking for in a friend? I want friends who are adventurous, who say fuck yes. I want friends who aren't shoulder. You know, that's, that's, I want friends who are creative and, and curious. I want friends who are, you know, are wellness oriented, who love festivals, who love dancing, who you know, who are you know, who love smiling and 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 just are, are joyful, kind of you know, naturally optimistic people. Um, you know, that type of thing. That was the quality of looking for a friend, right? Like qualities. And then column two was all the qualities that I don't want in a friend. So mm-hmm. I don't want shoulder shruggers, negative Nellies, shit talkers, you know, assholes. Like, you know, whatever. Just like, <laughs> you know, anyone who wants to yeah, just no like go <laughs> and get drunk just for the sake of it. I just didn't want people who, you know, who just were like um, social climbers or things like that. Uh, I don't want people who didn't know who they were yet weren't doing the journey work for themselves or like going inside and saying, hey, who am I? What do I want? What do I value? What do I care about today? And all those things and all that. Those actually exercises that I do of self-exploration. I actually also put in my book Mm. of, you know, it's again, 20 of those things of like, what do I value? Who who am I? Like that journey of self-exploration and belong to yourself is actually really critical and belonging to others as well. Mm, mm. Um, So column two is all the qualities I didn't want a friend. And column three, perhaps the most important, was all the qualities that I need to embody in order to attract the friends that I want. Right. Right. So so I need to be less of a workaholic. I need to put my computer down and stop being so flaky. Right. You know, I need to be less judgmental. I need to be, you know, honestly, like I was very quick, yeah, quick to turn on, you know, like turn on people and then write them off and, and not real and realize that, like not recognize that conflict is the inevitable part of friendships, you know? Um, and I mean, so many things about myself. I needed to look inward and say, mm. how am I showing up? Mm. And then as soon as I did that deep internal kind of audit and kind of began doing the work to um, to get through some of my wounding um, from my childhood, did I was able to begin radiating the authentic version of myself again to then be able to call, start calling in, mm. you know, all of the mm. people in column one and column two, mm-hmm, right? Or mm-hmm. column one particularly, column one, right? Yeah. So, so um, and repel column two. Yeah. So it was just like, you know, and that was, and as soon as you do that work and you begin radiating internally, 
joy, who am I, authenticity, all of that stuff. Of it just when starts happening really faster and faster. Up, yeah. Yeah. And people can find you. Yeah, otherwise ex- you're not showing up, right? Correct. You're hiding behind. And then not stuff. only that, you you're not not only are you not showing up, but you're not attracting yeah. the people that fill you up. Yeah. So that's what was me in my twenties is I was radiating a version of myself that wasn't authentic and then it was attracting people to that energy. Right. Right. Yes. And that and yes. that though that community that was developed from my own energetic expression, right, which was not authentic, or maybe authentic to what I thought. Yeah, you were attracting people that, to, to, to that who energy. Were attracting to that, or that, Ex- that version of, of myself. Yeah. Exactly. And only when I was like, wait a minute, that's this not what me. I want. This isn't me. This is what I want. All of a sudden, bam, 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 like, fast, fast, fast. And now, you know, it's like, yeah. it's just now it's happening faster and faster and faster yeah, yeah, where yeah. I can like spot somebody in a second or we'll find each other on the dance floor or we'll find each other at an airport. Yeah. We'll find each other like at a coffee, whatever. And it's just like, you do, 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 yeah, do, you know? Yeah, and it's like, yeah. I see you, you see me, let's be friends and boom, that's it. And I think, you know, that, um, that, what, that, that, just that initial exercise I did for myself the day after I realized my light was dim, um, really was the beginning of journey and changed my life. And, and once you begin realizing that your community and the right community, not ones that are grandfathered in, not ones that you made excuses for, not ones that you're like, oh, I've known them for 20, you know, like, mm. you know, like not those ones, the ones that really are there to give you wings. Your community is actually what helps you become successful in life. Mm. Your community is one that helps you sort of feel confidence to be able to ask for support or to mm. be able to, you know, kind of f- fulfill your dreams. And, you know, I often will see that people who aren't making it or don't make it, haven't spent the time nurturing community and will tell themselves stories. And like, I'm not a community person. I mean, like, and not yeah. to pick on you, yeah. but like you said earlier on, like, I'm not a community person. We are all, we're built, yeah. humans are built for community. And, and for those who, who you know, who, who call themselves names, who label themselves, it's all about, I, I talk about all in my book and it's like labeling yourself introvert, extrovert, socially anxious, like all, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, right. All of a sudden I become introverted because I say I'm, I am both of those. Um, there's many days that I'm introverted that I'm like, don't talk to me. I get filled up with energy when I'm alone. But there's many days that I'm filled up with talking and having mm. conversations like the mm. one we're having right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, or mm-hmm. being in public or dancing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think to pigeonhole ourselves as just one type of person mm-hmm. is actually denying ourselves of the, of the full human experience of what we can become, what we can become and that we are all in a spectrum. And yes, I might be more in a spectrum of extroverted than introverted than maybe you are. You might be more happy, you know, kind of alone mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. I am, but let us be metaverts. And mm-hmm. I talk about this, like Ooh, let I us like be that. metaverts, yeah. right? Let us, let us allow ourselves to be the full expression of ourselves without pigeonholing ourselves into these labels um well it's the same as like people pigeon like repelling or kind of like not choosing the label alcoholic it's like exactly that feels so limiting exactly is, is the label introvert as limiting as the label alcoholic, alcoholic. And why am i so totally ready to label myself an introvert perhaps it's because it lets me get off the hook right showing up to certain right. things or- but also the word sober like if yes. you look at the dictionary definition of sober it's like literally muted in color yeah it's like it's like low it kind of it's like um what is it it's like there's this crazy sad definition of sober it is and, and it's like sad. let's yeah, redefine yeah 
like sober is like, you know, muted in color. Like sober is somebody who doesn't sort of want to kind of um, live life to its full, whatever. It's like mm. there's so many mm. words to mm. describe sober. And and that's not what sober for our definition, mm. by our definition means. Mm. Sober for us means actually connected. Mm-hmm. Sober means present. Mm-hmm. Sober means mindful. Sober mm. means like I am fully here. Mm. Energized. You know, energized. Like yeah, actually, exactly. Colorful. So I feel like I how color came into Correct. my Ex- Exactly. So like, uh, so, you know, giving ourselves definitions of, you know, my, my, uh, my ex-partner was sober and Your he, ex-partner on Daybreaker? No, my ex-partner in life, like, like, yeah, yeah romantic yeah. partner, yeah, yeah. five years was sober. And, you know, I watched him really, um, in many ways, like limit himself mm. with the title sober mm. as well. Mm. You know, he limited himself. So, and of course, like there's an addiction there. And of course, like, but he was really angry and judgmental and all of those. He became all these things that I was like, what is happening? Mm. Like, it's supposed to help you become a more colorful version mm. of yourself, mm. not a more judgmental version of yourself. So, yeah, it's a sober, yeah, commu- accepting. It's accepting, not more judgmental. And, and I just think that it's there's an opportunity here to just ask yourself, is in my sobriety or is in my sober curiosity or is in my whatever label I'm giving myself, is it making me judgmental of the other? Yeah, right. And can I, you know, can I just be, you know, more open to all of the opportunities, all the color of life? Um, and And I think for me that was a huge aha moment of just like, oh, wow, I can be all of these things. I can be fully seen. And if I'm in the right community, if I'm in, if I'm radiating the version of myself that I really want to attract the, that kind of um, equal energy exchange and triple E, it's a concept, like equal energy exchange. Mm, mm. It's not a depl- it's not someone who's sucking my energy, mm. someone who actually equally energizes me. And equally, if you find and those people, you know, we have... If we find those people, we never are exhausted. We don't need that time alone to re-energize because there's an equal energy exchange. You're filled yeah, up in that conversation. Yeah, You're filled right. up in yeah. that hangout, you yeah. know? And when I stopped and that limiting like myself... 20 people every day. Exactly. That it could be, be like a one person, people two people. Getting, Community yeah. is two or more people. Right. That's okay, it. Okay, great. That's it. You know, in my definition, yeah, community is two or more. Yes, like, yeah, community is two more people. And and a community, I always say, is a space, and belonging is the feeling, right? So, community is a space, I'll say that again, Mm. in which you experience belonging, Mm. right? So, a community is a space where we're gathering right now on my living room floor mm-hmm. in my house in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, <laughs> and we are we are talking about um, all of these really special topics, right? And we're two people in a community, and I feel a sense of belonging in this conversation. I feel an exhale of I'm home. I'm pausing our conversation here to tell you about Athletic Brewing Company, who make beers that you can literally drink for breakfast. And whether you love dancing sober or running marathons, they are the perfect fit for any active lifestyle. Crafted in an entirely alcohol-free brewery in Connecticut, with just four all-organic ingredients, their products are naturally high in electrolytes, potassium, magnesium, calcium, and have anti-inflammatory qualities. Plus, they're only 50 to 70 calories a can. With three ultra-marathon runners on their team, Athletic believe you shouldn't have to choose between a healthy, active lifestyle and a love of great beer, and I could not agree more. Stock up online at drydrinker.com in the UK and visit athleticbrewing.com 
to order in the US where you can also check out limited edition seasonal offerings. Now back to Rada. Belonging is an exhale of I'm home. Mm -hmm. That's it. An exhale Mm -hmm. of I'm home could be with two people. You can't ever feel an exhale of I'm home if you're always alone. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to have other people around you to give you that oxytocin, to give you that um, serotonin, to give you that sense of, you know, why did you write a book called Sober Curious if you don't like other people? You want to have that conversation with with other other people. people. Correct. It's interesting because I'm thinking, well, I definitely can feel very much at home on my own. However, I've been in a committed romantic partnership with my husband for 20 years. And that bond, I think, is so strong. I've actually forgotten what it means to be alone, to be a right. lone person. Like, I've been... It's not that we're, like, codependent. We have, right. We're very independent of each other, and we live very separate lives, and we do tons of things separately and differently but at the same time like there's a part of me that has that's like just always got that person exactly right right so then right and I think you know you're lucky yeah it's completely very unusual one in four Americans one in four Americans have zero friends to confide in and this number has tripled in the last 30 years and and here's also wild stat if if, if humans remove their partner, their spouse, from their community kind of relationship, sort of as you do that audit, then that number increases to one in two um, because we give so much of our quote-unquote community yeah, to our right. spouse or yeah. our partner. Um, and it's really important for the health of our relationships to actually... Um, to actually go beyond our partner, yeah. to, to have, have to have that third, fourth, fifth, and it could be like I said, this is why community is two or more people yeah. outside of your partnership. Yeah, right. So if you find another friend or two friends outside of your 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 husband, that's community. Yeah. That's it. Which you again, know? I feel very, I feel lucky to that you now have that. told me the statistics. Yeah. I feel really fortunate to have even just like a handful. Well, my friendship group, I would say, has shrunk right. since I got sober curious, but it's deepened at the same Ex- time. There you go. Like, there are less friendships, but the ones that I have How much so much deeper more and so much epic more is that? Rewarding. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And, and I, and, and, I mean, there's nothing worse than having, and this is what we have right now on social media. We have, I have 20,000 plus followers on Instagram and, and, you know, what does that really mean? Yeah. You know, and, and Not really very little. Yeah. Are people on my Instagram because they really like me? Are they competing with me? Are they comparing themselves with me? Are they, you know, are they, are they trash? What are, are they what, just trying to get are they supporting? from you? Are yeah, they trying like to get what, you to follow you know, back? Why are they? Yeah. Why are, you know, why? Like, and, and I, and I, and I, I love having a community online to be able to share ideas, to share key insights that I've gotten so that they can learn as well. I love, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm very much on social media mm. to be able to share that, but that's not my community, mm. right? My and community. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's very easy to come yeah, back and to rely on exactly. That and, and, and so that's not, and that's the thing. It's like, people are like, Oh my community, my community. But I'm like, but you're alone when you go home, when you shut off your Instagram, who is there for you? Yeah. When you shut off your Instagram, who are you sharing your deepest, darkest feelings? That's not on Instagram, right? Like yeah. who, who are those people? And find yourself, be very courageous, be courageous in your pursuit, relentless and courageous in your pursuit to find two or more friends. That's it. If you and do that, life is so rich, and so I would meaningful. Say match that courage, match that same courage with 
the courage to be vulnerable with them. Exactly. It was only after I quit drinking and using alcohol to facilitate what I thought were vulnerable, deep conversations totally. that I realized I hadn't really been going there a totally. lot of the time. Like there was that 5% of my experience, which was too shameful, too dark, right. too scary, too painful right. to, to ever share, even with my husband, right. certainly not with my family and even with my friends. And so it's, that's why those friendships that I have now, the close ones, my community friendships are deeper it's because I've found the courage and not only found the courage but realized the importance of actually like letting it letting it all be seen letting it all be shared like and then no realizing butt, no and then realizing that they love you even more for even it. more yes they love you even more for it right <laughs> yes, and that's exactly. and that's belonging that's exactly. the exhale of I'm home that I'm talking yes. about right and it's like belonging is actually one of the most shameful feelings that we've got which is when I don't belong yeah. it's like we it's so shameful to say I don't belong yeah you know and, and what I really want to do like biology right exactly like something about if you've been like exiled from your tribe you have done something terribly wrong exactly yeah. it is truly in our DNA to belong mm. and and so belonging is a very shameful thing it's like I don't have friends I don't have deep friendships and and what my goal is to destigmatize that that feeling of I don't belong because everyone feels that way. There's so many mornings I wake up in the morning and I'm like, wow, I'm in my head about something and I'm like, who are my people? Where am I at? When I'm like, you know, of course I have like an amazing group of friends. I've nurtured it and I've spent so much time doing this, but it's human nature to feel alone. It's human nature mm. to question. It's human mm. nature to have your monkey brain kind of fight or flight and say, wait, I'm on my own. No one cares about me. But, but it's, it, it you know, every single person feels this way. Even a community builder like me who has a rich group of friendships, because what I do for a living is what yeah. I spend all my time focusing on. Even I have so many moments where I'm like, wow, where do I fit in? Where do I belong? Who are my people at? Am I, are they still my friends? Are they still, you know, we is question, this is this all real? What is all of this? Yeah, right. And yeah. so know that, you know, everyone listening out there that you are not alone in that feeling that belonging is truly the thing that we should focus our time on. I really believe it's the result of our political polarization, of our gun violence, yeah. of our opioid epidemic, of every issue that we are facing as a human being, human humanity ladders down to, I don't belong. Well, also, I mean, right. a, are you familiar with Johan Hari? Mm-mm. He had a, a TED talk that was wildly popular called The Opposite of Addiction is Connection. And he was basically yes. saying we're all our deepest human yes. needs to connect. That's it. And when we can't find a person to connect with, we, we will find beautiful. something. And That's it will it. be cocaine or it will be alcohol you got or it, it will be a, a gambling or you it will got be pornography it. You got or it. whatever it is. Yeah. And, be, and, you know, people are talking about we're in an opioid crisis right now, or epidemic yeah. crisis. But it's like, but let's look at the belonging crisis. That is yeah. the biggest, our isolation crisis. If we solve for that... And let's look at the new the current community centers. Like they're all like PC computers in a neon lit room, and it's just like these like lifeless kind of like awful spaces that nobody wants to go to. And the websites for you know these the community centers are built in 1992. You know, so it's like how do we reinvigorate the community? That's my next project. Mm. Is how do we reinvigorate? I want to call it the Belong Center, mm. places where anybody can go and feel a sense of belonging. It's a place that feels like a living room. That's mm. vibey. They can come and talk to anybody. You can share. I just got divorced. I don't know who to talk. I gave what? all of it to my husband, or I just quit my job. Or I just moved to New York. Or I just figured it. Where do I? You know, where are my people at? I just got in a fight with my only friend, and I don't. You know, or I'm sick of my friends, and they all suck, and they're all in negative, and I want to start over. Where do we go? Well, a lot you of people know? find that in AA. 
I have, no, well, exactly. Of, a lot of people in my life have got sober curious and had that be a stepping stone. But do to I need AA. to become addicted so now I need, to? Do I need, is the price of entry exactly to become that addiction? Kind of vulnerable sense of belonging, right? Because what happens in those rooms is people go and they share about their fucking shit. Like that's what happens. Exactly. Is the price of entry to that? Need this kind of like power, this confession or this admission of being powerless is a breaking down of exactly that is required. No, or can we actually find begin that to provide correct. and create those spaces exactly for everyone because it's exactly. just our birthright and our human need to have spaces like that? I mean, that's actually why I think Daybreaker has grown so quickly, you know, because. People are craving sober spaces. They're mm. craving dance floors where they feel connection. They're craving, mm-hmm. you know, well, conversations. community. And I think it's conversations. one of the reasons yeah. that podcasts are so popular because you get to feel like you're having conversations, but again, feel like you're not actually exactly. Like, yes, we're having a conversation with you guys, but you and I, rather, are getting the oxytocin of right, like, touching and touch connecting. Yeah, and exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, the real the eye, the eye contact, and all that stuff. Exactly. But I think one of the podcasts can be very comforting for people who are feeling lonely and are totally. feeling lack of community. And I think that's one of the reasons they've become so popular. Absolutely. And and I and I think you know we are all having conversation you know together in some ways. You know, thank you for listening to this conversation, having the courage to listen to mm. Ruby's podcast. And, 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 you know, um, taking this courageous journey to ask yourself, where do I belong or how do I create community? Community, community building is truly the most generous act we can do as human beings, you know, and it takes you guys coming onto this podcast to be part of this community online. It's you guys coming to Daybreaker to dance at sunrise, you know, uh, which takes courage to do that as well. It's 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 Ruby and and myself saying, screw it, I'm gonna try this thing and 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 mm. start a podcast or mm. build a daybreaker event or try something that you know that who knows what's gonna happen if people are gonna show up or people are gonna listen to it. Um, that takes courage too, and and on both sides it takes courage to show up for each other. I always when someone comes to me and says to, day, uh, to comes to daybreaker and says, thank you for creating this, and I and I always say you know you to coming. them, thank you for co-creating this with us. Yeah, right. You know, true. Truly, thank yeah. you for co-creating. So it's like it's truly if 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 we create this space, but no one comes to the space, and the space isn't created, right? Mm. So it takes that courageous person who's who says f yes. And I, in my book, it's a very I always say I always laughingly say it's a very technical term. It's an f y f, which is a fuck yeah friend. <laughs> you know, it's an f yeah friend. It, you know, it takes an f y f to say yes to jumping on this podcast, to say yes to sharing it with their friends, to, sh- say, to say yes to trying to wake up at sunrise, to, to you know, and I'm challenging you, Ruby. I know, I'm listening. Um, to be I'm an FYF and, and come and, and join us. <laughs> yes. Um, but, but it, you know, we, we, we're now in 26 cities around the world. We've created these spaces, and there's 26 communities now around the world are saying F yes, and we have dozens more coming of courageous people who are sending us emails to say, hey, we want to bring Daybreaker to mm. our city. Mm. Please bring David to our side. We desperately need this. I'm sober curious, or I'm, I need new community, or I want to dance, and I'm 35, and there's nowhere for me to go to dance. Only like clubs, and it's just like not my vibe anymore, you know. And 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 so, you know, again, it takes courage on both sides, but um, truly, um, community is co-created, and and it starts with. Um, someone saying let me create this space and it starts with some a second person saying let me come to this space you know and it can be as simple as that and I mean so that's something I get all the time people reaching out to me bring sober curious to my city bring come here do an event and I'm kind of like 
I would love to. Right. Would you like to bring me? Like at the moment, right. it's just me. I don't really have a team, and it's not totally. what I, not what I do necessarily. And my, what I want to say to everyone is like, you can just just do it. Just, right. You have the book. You have some tools there. Like you have the the impetus to do it. Like you have the desire to do it. Like just do it. But I think people feel like it's it's not their role, or they don't have the know how. Like when Biet and I started doing Club Soda NYC, I was just like. That's just what do we do? We need a venue, okay? We need some chairs. We need uh, some microphones. Who right. we talk into like, and and we just we just kind of did it. But then we're both Aries and both kind of like F U yeah F Y F people anyway. So we just kind of totally. did it. But what would you say to someone who wants to start their own meetup or yeah. group or party or anything? Because I think people are just really like yeah. people are feeling really fired up to create those spaces. Totally. So the first thing is to consider all of these. Um, moments of I'm going to create something as an experiment. So, yes. you know, Daybreaker was first a social experiment. Yeah. It was an art project. It was like, we're going to do it one time, and if people show up, awesome. <laughs> if they don't, great, we'll pack up our stuff, and we'll go to the office, and it was a wonderful morning, Then we tried, that didn't work, but Boy, um, when you create space and you, and again, for us, you know, I spent 10 years nurturing community in New York before we launched Daybreaker. So, you know, 180 of my friends showed up. I say friends, but like, you know, friends, yeah. friends of friends, like yeah. came to the very first one to show up. And I, I'm, I'm so deeply grateful to those people because Daybreaker, our movement today would not be what it is had it not been for those 180 friends who said F yes that morning to show up for us. So, so what um, would you have been doing? What kind so of been your business? Like throwing parties at my house. I was just always have apartment parties at my house okay. and just like okay. grab you know I was always gathering people yeah um it's what my parents did growing up it was yeah. we were at the Grand Center Station for our community and our friends and um I saw them doing that it was the happiest time of my life was when we were gathering people in our home and, and doing you know parties and, and things like that in my childhood yeah. yeah we had no money but my parents just had the kind of the the courage and generosity of spirit to create these spaces for our community, you know, and, and people came and I just remember it being so rich with, with life and color and I loved it. Um, so, so yeah, it was the first one, but then, then, you know, I will say for you, Ruby, you know, if this one, if this can be a working session for you <laughs> for sober curious, you know, what Daybreaker we did, I think that, that helped us scale to 26 cities around the world, community, 500,000 members without a dollar spent in marketing, um, was writing a playbook. And so I took all of the elements that worked at the first, you know, five or six Daybreaker events, and then I put it down into a 75-page playbook mm. that I wrote and that said, okay, this is the type of music people are listening to. This is mm. the type of opening ceremony. This is the type of hugging committee. This is the, the type of food that we're serving. This is the type of exit ritual. This is the type of intention reading. This is the type of wow moments. These are all the things that, you know, that create a Daybreaker experience. Mm. And, mm. and and that is a playbook that we continue to teach and we continue to edit and hone and, and, and learn from and and make better every single year. So five years in, this is a playbook that, you know, we fly people from all over the world now to to New York to do this three-day training with I us. See, okay. And that's how we kind of help, how, how we've grown the movement around the world so anyone so could quickly. apply and say, I want to bring it to X city, can I? Yep, so there's, well, so we have 3,000 emails, Unlocks Your City. Right. So so they the community member who, again, is a generous, courageous spirit will go around and collect 3,000 emails. Um, we'll set up a page for them, that a landing page where people can sign their email up. Once we hit 3,000 emails, that unlocks their city. Mm. And then we begin finding the right um, community leader mm. for that city to lead. And it takes a very specific criteria. Now you've done for five years. We know the right person that's going to be um, good at creating events, that's going to be good at community building, that's going to be good at 
um, you know, picking and choosing all the right venues and mm. right talent mm. and building the right initial community mm-hmm. to catalyze the city. Uh, so we've done a lot of that work and how to find the right people. Yeah, right. Um, so they go through like, you know, six rounds of interviews before they get to me. Uh, and I'm the final round interview. And if they get to me, then, um, then we fly them to New York. Um, we do a training there. Um, they say at my house actually is a final round interview. So it's a really intimate way to get yeah. to know somebody. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and we, it's, you know, it's been such a wonderful way to actually find, you know, it's, it's a life hack too, Ruby. Like I get to travel, you know, all over the world now and have the most unbelievable, coolest, generous spirits, um, to show me around their town and, and not in a touristy way, but really the underground kind of like, um, local way Mm. of seeing a city. So it's been really neat. Like I can go to Barcelona, I can go to, you know, anywhere around the world, Tokyo, Sydney, Australia, Paris, London, Buenos Aires, um, all over the U S and I've got now community there who, who can show me around and producers and community leaders there who, who are the local community leaders who can show me an amazing um, sort of um, experience um, that is truly local. So you so. have something really built out in terms of people wanting to bring a daybreaker. Yes. But what about the person who's just kind of like, they're newly sober, there's no sober options in their town, like they just want to get together with some other people and kind of like talk about this or have yeah. some kind of an experience. What would you recommend them. So step one, I mean, it's like, actually, it's in my book. Yeah, yeah. book club. Yeah, yeah. You can all get together and talk about that. That's one way. Great. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and I, and I, and I, I, I outlined the book just for the first time kind of uh, community builder, community architect is what I call it because builder feels very 1.0. <laughs> a community architect is, is a much more thoughtful and intentional, yeah. um, kind of community, um, creator. Um, but the step one is to create a name for it. Mm. So whether mm. it's a sober curious group, but just like give it a name, mm. giving anything a name. I'm always the same. Um, and I think it's because I've always thought of my projects it, as my babies. I'm right. Like, it's here. It needs a name. Yeah. So it can be in the exactly. world. Exactly. <laughs> so like give you, give your group a name. So it's like yeah. the sober curious Sally's or like the daybreaker, whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever, or the, you know, so-and-so the Minnesota yeah, yeah, yeah. mamas yeah, or, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. And, and and then to just give it a name, and when you give it a name, it creates gravitas immediately. Yeah. Then is 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 give yourself give yourself two to three kind of like dates over the next three six months. So promising yourself a cadence that you can count yourself on, like mm-hmm. you can give yourself. So like once every two months, I'm going to do mm-hmm. just like a gathering at my mm-hmm. house, at a coffee shop, at mm-hmm. this local library or whatever it is, bookstore. Um, so, so step one, give it a name. Step two is p- pick three dates on a calendar that you're going to say, great. On this date, I'm going to do an event. On that date, I'm going to do it. On that date, I'm going to do an event. And then, um, and then from there, start a Facebook page. And if you don't have anyone invite right now, just put it out there on your social or or ask three send an email to 10 people that you know and say hey I'm sober curious or, or I'm you know looking I, or I you know um, I, I whatever I'm looking to, to create a community on X Y and Z um, uh, on knitting on whatever I am making yeah. this up but it's like I'm or music listening or cooking or wine club or whatever anything um, or maybe non wine club. club yeah yeah, yeah. A, 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 <laughs> an alcohol free beer yeah exactly yeah exactly exactly whatever it is you know you can um, 
you know, startups or just like send an email out that says, Hey, I'm like, you know, here, what you're looking for, if you invite three friends, here's a link to the Facebook, um, event page, um, would love to, and then that's it. And like, mm. that's it. Mm. And then, and then, and then spend, and then like literally like, and then call up a local, um, any local, you know, spot and say, Hey, you know, would you be willing to give away free, you know, beverage and bites and come and share your story? Um, or otherwise, you know, spend 20 bucks and just get some snacks and that's it. So it's like snacks, dates, a name, <laughs> and that's all you need. And then it kind of takes on a life of its own, exactly. doesn't it? It's like once it's out in the world yeah. and it's the first one has happened, it's almost just like breaking through that first kind yeah. of initial. And, and even if like five people come your first one, awesome. Five people yes. your first one. And you say, hey, five people, tell one friend, and the next one's going to be ten people. Exactly. You know, and that's it. Tell two and we're going to be 15. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So... So it's 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 a very very um, people don't realize just how simple it is, yeah. but like it's as well, simple I think as we've that. We've kind of like forgotten how in a way because we are doing so much socializing social online. It's yeah. just so easy, like the the kind of like level of entry into socializing, and I'm using air quotes online is so unchallenging. There's so little kind right. of like that you have to confront about yourself. You don't have to really interact with anyone. You don't have to confront any kind of like fear of failure totally. or any of that stuff, and yet. That's not really happening. Yeah, totally. So we didn't... I, I, I do want to find out a bit more, just, like, to close that loop on, like, where you're actually at with drinking. When you when you had that moment at 30 and you were like, I need to change, like, this is going to be... Yeah. The next decade is going to look very totally. different. Yeah. Was alcohol something that... Did you remove it from your life then? Yeah. Was it something that you had been questioning for a while? Like, what... what I happened? mean, I just... Honestly, like, I just didn't like the way I showed up with alcohol. Like, mm. I was always... Like, you didn't know... I didn't honestly know what Rada was going to show up. It was going to be... Was it the crying Rada? Was it the angry Rada? Was it the joyful, happy, fun fun Rada? Like, which one was, was it going to be? Was it, like, the kind of um, promiscuous Rada, you know? <laughs> um, and um, so I just didn't like that feeling of just mm. like um you know not being in control and not that control is actually a good thing it's nice mm. to not be in control sometimes mm. but mm. in in different ways i would mm-hmm. say like on the dance floor is a much better way to be out of control um but people always talk about i want to be in control i'm in control but control isn't always um a, a joyful way to live you know yeah. but but so i i, I again I, i'd really you know I really try not to limit myself in any way. Um, for me, like alcohol, it doesn't serve me. I don't love it at all. I've never liked the, the taste of it. I've always like I was always like choking it down. You know, mm. I never loved the way it made me feel. I, didn't, I never loved um, the how much it cost. <laughs> right, that's that. Especially you know, and uh, and. and, and um, uh, you know, and I just, I just, um, I just don't need it. And so like, I think for, you know, I think that's a thing. It's like a social lucrant. We, we think we need it to socialize. And I think, you know, for now, if I always say like, do I want it? It's like, it's like, I don't need my husband, but I want my husband, yeah, you right. know, yeah. I don't need friends. I want friends, yeah. although we do need we friends. Do need actually, friends. we so do need friends. That's actually not a good example. <laughs> um, but I don't need alcohol, um, to have a good time now. And, and, um, you know, I would say every once in a while, you know, as a sober, curious person, I'm not fully sober. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that I, um, and again, like, I'm not judging myself for not being, mm. fully, if I, if I, if I want to have a, a really nice cocktail, sometimes of an intentional, someone who's been studying, like, kind of the world of cocktails for many years, like, I don't like the taste of alcohol, but if they're making a really sort of artisanal cocktail, um, I'll have one now and again, you know, but, um, 
I really, I, I honestly doesn't, I don't even think about it. I, don't think I, I haven't been drunk in 10 years, you know? Mm. Um, I haven't been out of control in 10 years. And again, out of control mm. is again, the wrong word. Out of control drunk. Yeah, yeah. out of control drunk, but yeah. I haven't been... Out of it. Out of it. Like, yeah, like yeah. I haven't been escaping right? myself. That's what yeah. it is. I haven't been escaping myself for 10 years. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think now it's a choice. And I, again, like, it's not, I'm, I'm not labeling myself anything. I'm not, I don't, I'm not sober. I'm not not sober. I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm an exploratory adventurous person no matter what. Yeah. You know, awesome. Yeah. Um, I would love when I showed up today, you were like, I'm so tired. You had daybreaker this morning, yeah. which is amazing, which means you are like on the job from 6am yeah. and you also have a seven month old daughter, yes. Soleil, who I got to meet as well, who's just gorgeous. Yes. And I would love to hear just a few words from you about how you're kind of like balancing motherhood and running this incredible business and just motherhood and life in general. I feel like for so many, we hear a lot about kind of, you know, mom drinking culture and I do Uh, feel like for a lot of people alcohol can become problematic in early motherhood in a way because it's kind of like how do I find myself in amongst this in this incredible kind of like unimaginable transition totally of who I am and what my life looks like and alcohol can become a crutch and an escape for many people in those situations and so I'd love just just some kind of your, your experience about how it's been to kind of juggle the two or balance the two so, um, I started a WhatsApp group oh, um, awesome. when I was three months pregnant, and uh, it was a group called the, again, I gave it a name. Yep. <laughs> um, it's called the Modern Mamas. Uh-huh. And I, you know, I was 39, almost 40 years old, and I'd never done the mom thing. I never thought I wanted kids. You know, I, I just never, I, I never changed a diaper until I had my own child, until my sister had her child. And even then, I was like, actually, I don't want to change his diaper either. So, I, I, I just didn't know what I was doing. And it was a very, very, um, scary and hormonally um, un- unbalancing experience and again yeah because I'm you know I, I'm just not in the mom world I just invited you know 10 you know friends but like kind of friends who've mm. now become mm. you know much better friends mm. um and great friends now but I just had like 10 15 friends on this whatsapp group and I just said and these are all moms who are in the conscious world, like BS one of them, mm-hmm, Emily mm-hmm. Fletcher, just like all my mm-hmm. sister, obviously, but just mm-hmm. a bunch of friends who are in the kind of wellness space who don't want to kind of get drunk on wine, yeah. you know, on and the weekends out. and check when out. Gets, go, when the going gets exactly. tough, don't want to check out, yeah. get out of it. Yeah. Right. So I think, again, starting this group, and for yeah. me, it was a, a, also a vulnerable moment of just like sending a message to 10 women that I didn't know very well, but that are in my circle who are all like leading awesome things and doing cool things and saying, hey... I don't know what I'm doing, and I would love to create a space for us to be able to skill share, vulnerable share, kind of uh, resource share, emotional share, all the things. And immediately all women, every woman was like, thank God you created this. Oh my God. I can't believe I didn't do this when I was pregnant with my first kid. You know, like, wow, this is something I totally would have loved. Thank you for creating this space. This is amazing. And so now I'm actually writing a playbook for the modern mamas that anybody in their own cities around the world can just have a very simple way to say, hey, I'm not feeling supported or I don't feel like I have any mothers that are in my network that I can talk to. How do I do this thing? And here's a very simple way to do it. Um, but I, again, it's just starting a community. Yeah. And I think that a community you of... You can just apply that to almost any anything, situation where you're literally anyway lost yes. or don't know or whatever. It can just be like, 
let's get start. Some, let's get some people in on exactly this. <laughs> and talk about it and, and learn. Yeah. And honestly, like I will say, the first three months of of, of, of pregnancy was the loneliest I'd ever felt in my relationship pregnancy too with my husband. Motherhood, no pregnancy. pregnancy so right. I was three months pregnant, and my yeah. husband didn't see a bump on me yet. Mm. I was, but I was emotional. I mean, um, hormonally raging inside. Mm-hmm. I was just like everything was changing and shifting. So he wasn't seeing the changes and shifts. Um, he wasn't changing. Only I was, and so he was like, "Who are you? What is this person? I don't even know." He, you know, all this stuff. And I just felt really alone and we were fighting a lot and it was just like really intense and starting this women's group and not feeling like, and again, I think now that I know that we can just create community whenever mm. for whatever, mm. I was like, all right, instead of being my own head about it, feeling alone about it, which I was like, I can't believe it. I was like, let me just start a group about this. Mm. You know, so the WhatsApp group was born. And when I tell you it saved my relationship, it saved, like, everything for me. Emotionally, I felt so seen. I felt like it was a mom group coming together to, like, to be like, we are women. We got this. We, we know, we, like, men don't get it. I'm just kidding. But, like, you know what I mean? It's just, like, we, <laughs> there was, like, all of a sudden. There are some things about that experience that yeah, men, are not men don't get. get. Yeah, yeah, but truly. And, and, um... You know, and and it just I felt so seen, and mm. and I was being I was able to be so much more loving and understanding and empathetic of what my husband was going through. I was able to have tools to be able to ask questions of what he was dealing with or what he was experiencing. Um, so it, it really opened up, and we we're so much stronger for it. You know, oh, yeah. And so, um, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. I think, if I think about you know, I'm not a mum, and we had a long conversation about this before we got on. But it's like when I think about that image that we have. Or that kind of thing that I hear about, which is mom at the end of a long day, hard day with kids, has wine to feel to right. have me time to feel like herself again. When actually she's just isolating you. A hundred percent. In that moment of need, when what she needs is to tell a friend, today was a fucking hard, hard day. Work. Yeah, totally. I hated yeah. my kids today. Like, right. Well, I'm a bad mom because this, that, and she right. needs to be able to share. She's actually just internalizing all of that again. Totally. So it can keep eating away at her on the inside. Yeah. No, and that's it. And I, and, and, I, and again, creating a space. And this is a moment where, you know, it's like the modern mamas, all these moms are busy with their newborns and their new kids. Mm. So it's really only been a space. And we've met maybe two or three times in person over the last mm. year, um, year and a half. But, um, uh, you know, it's it's been such an incredible resource just on WhatsApp. Yeah. You know, so a community, and I, I, I was always the first one to be like, a community cannot exist if not in the real world. But I, you know, in, in a, in this way, I actually, um, it saved me. And, and so I do now see the value of online communities. I mean, of this size of like 10, 20, 30 women. And I feel like that's much uh, more, um, personalized. There's a big difference between a 10, 20 person. Then a Facebook group that's 10,000 people or an Instagram handle. That's like, yeah, whatever. It's like, that's not a community. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Thank you so yeah. much for oh sharing so generously no. with what you do. And, and what I'm loving hearing is that it's almost like the more you share and the more you open up, the more support you are actually getting. Totally. And that's such a beautiful message that's come through, like for anybody who is feeling maybe a little lonely or because one of the biggest, the most, the first questions I get about someone who's from someone who's sober curious, who's wanting to change their drinking habits is like, how is this going to impact my friendship group? How is this going to change my social life? And I think that that message is so important. It's like, well, just I mean, keep opening yeah. up. And I loved your exercise about like, write down a list of the people you want to attract into your life. 
well, the kinds of the qualities of the people you want to attract and just begin to embody those qualities yourself. Exactly. It, because I say that to people, but in not such a kind of like practical way. <laughs> I'm like, just let it be. Just right. be more and more yourself. Focus right. on what you want. Like focus on who you want to be and they'll come to you. Yeah, they'll find you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, again, it starts with um, curiosity. You know, yeah. what's beyond my current story or my current situation? And um, curiosity is truly the opposite of judgment. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're judging yourself, judging the world around you, or, or saying this is the only way, um, as soon as you just begin to tickle that curiosity and look around that judgment, look around what you think is, then the world opens up. Yeah. Amazing. So. Thank you again. Uh, it's been beautiful. Thank you, Ruby. I'll see you on the dance floor. Uh, yeah, right on. <laughs> Take care. What an incredible powerhouse of a woman. I'm just so inspired by Rada and all that she has created in her life and the, and the path that she has trod so that we can follow along behind her. If you love her message and the way she speaks and the way she talks about community, you can also check out her book, Belong, which came out September last year. The subhead is find your people, create community and live a more connected life. And I think that's what many of us are looking for in our sober curiosity. Meanwhile, if you want to come have some of these conversations with me and a community of like-minded sober curious souls in real time, definitely check out my sober curious retreat that's happening February 14th to 16th, 2020 at the Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health in Massachusetts. There are plenty of spots. It's not a sellout sort of thing. And there are multiple different pricing options depending on the accommodation that you choose. Um, I would love to meet some of you there. And yeah, like I said, just have some of these conversations in real time. If you're loving this podcast and you love this episode in particular, of course, share it with a friend and please do subscribe on iTunes. And if you feel called, leave us a five-star review as that definitely helps more people find this work. This podcast features original music and is edited by alloaudio.com. That's alloe, A-L-O-E, audio.com.